All right. Welcome to another episode of Survival Mode. I am truly honored and blessed to have back again uh, by popular demand. There's no popular demand. You got to stop right there, man. <laughs> by back, popular back, demand. Back again. There was no demand. You must have needed some space to fill. This is really, that's how we're going to start, brother. I don't know. By popular demand, my friend, I, I call him a friend, Rick Franzo. Um, he was, if you want to hear his story, he was on episode nine on the podcast. I encourage <laughs> you to go back and listen to hear his amazing story of, you know, with his brain tumor and his journey. And I have to say, you know, he is a founding member of a popular Facebook group um, brain tumor talk, which has been super instrumental for me, for a lot of people that have experienced, um, brain tumors. And this podcast is not just about brain tumors, brain tumors. It's just about, Hey, you know, you've got a shock, you're in survival mode, whatever it is, it could be anything, but, um, you know, I've been really blessed to have been introduced to Rick and we have stayed in contact and um, welcome back again, Rick. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you having me back. Thank you. And the popular demand would be me. Okay. All right. <laughs> as long as we squared that away. Absolutely. Brother. That, and a- that would be me. And, and Rick is an author and he's written his experience in a book. So, you know, definitely search him out, but I wanted to have him on, Um, you know, we we just wanted to touch base on on, on some topics, you know, in the groups where we're seeing some things with, you know, brain tumors. And one of the things that, you know, Rick had brought to my attention is, you know, you've had a brain tumor, whatever it may be, it's an injury, right, Rick? It is. It's an injury. And, you know, even in my own personal experience, you know, I've had brain surgery. Um, You know, it's quote unquote benign, but Rick and I know benign isn't necessarily not fine. And, you know, there's times I'm like, oh my God, like, is it the effects of somebody being in my head? Am I getting older? And there's always these little thoughts that come back like, oh my God, like this happened. Um, moving on with my life and, you know, we're, you know, and sometimes things are just feel a little different you're like, oh, oh my God, what's going on. So share with me a little bit about your, you know, the, the whole brain injury. We just had a great conversation about it. So share with me a little bit about that, Rick. I'm going to just, you know, kind of recap. So this is a really uh, a good day for me because um, right before uh, you know, we signed on. I had a seizure four months ago on February the 9th. And so um, Todd knew about it, but <clears throat> I uh, I was sitting here at 740 in the morning, uh, just working on a document, ready to go out to my first client of the day, which was pretty close. And I started to feel weak and, and uh, lightheaded. And I said, wow, I said, I feel lightheaded, took my glasses off. And five minutes later, um, I woke up on the floor, I had a different uh, wall uh room divider behind me it was wood and so i put my head through that um i was out for about five minutes so i had a very violent grand mal seizure out of nowhere i've never had a seizure i'm 13 years out of uh my biggest brain surgery um broke three ribs uh you know but i had enough uh foresight uh enough of uh you know cognizant kind of an awareness 
to uh, fold up the room divider. Then I called my mom because what does a boy do when he's in trouble? He calls his mom. But I didn't call my mom for me. I called my mom for my wife who was uh, out driving school bus and so that she wasn't coming home and finding blood all over the floor and the room divider broken up and just a, a note on the whiteboard that said I went to the hospital, um, give me a call. And so, so somebody was here for her. Then I called not one day, but two days worth of clients. Uh, I'm a business coach. And I told them what happened and I wouldn't be there. And they're like, what the heck are you calling me for? Um, you know, call the ambulance. Did you do that yet? I'm like, no, I'm getting there. And they're like, what's the matter with you? And so I, I'm like lightheaded. I'm like dry heaving everything else. Right. But I'm still calling my clients. Right. Um, not the best, uh, you know, order of, uh, of, uh, 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 that I should have taken. And then I called the ambulance. So they came and checked me out. And said, you want to go to the hospital? I said, do you think I should go to the hospital? They said, well, it's up to you. But, uh, you know, if you're asking our opinion, yeah, we do. You're, you're pretty beat up. I, I got my ass kicked good. Um, and so I walked out to the ambulance. Of course, they said, of course, you're going to walk out. Do you want the gurney? No, no, no. I'll walk out there. Of course, right. So got in there, got down to the hospital, um, spent seven hours down there in the emergency room. My wife came home and my mom told her. So she came down and um, did a CAT scan. They did blood work, everything else. And uh, they released me after seven hours. They were fantastic. Uh, but I had to surrender my license for um, because of that. So I called my neurologist and they had to report it by law. They have to. So they uh, they took my license. I went back on anti-seizure medicine. And um, long story short, I got my license back today, which was which was really good. Um, so kaboom. But the, the whole thing is, is that I didn't lose any any clients, any business. In fact, my business is stronger than ever. And so um you know, really grateful for the relationships that I've built, but, you know, it's all brain injury. So brain, brain surgery and, and brain tumors equal brain injury. And we talked a little bit about what it looks like for um, what the collateral damage is. Right. And th this show is called survival mode. Right. So you're, it's that fight or flight kind of an instinct. And um, I really had no choice but to fight. Uh, but sometimes uh, I wanted to run away from it a little bit. You can't, uh, you can't get out of your own head and out of your own way. Um, kind of like Floyd, you know what? There's someone in my head, yeah. but it's not me. And so we, we kind of deal with things on a day-to-day -day basis and just trying to make it to the next one. And, um, you know, community really helps. And, you know, uh, people like you, Todd, are, are very instrumental in uh, getting people from point A to point B. So Rick, I want to back up because I could totally relate to, first of all, I knock on wood, I didn't have a seizure like you in my, you know, and it's always something in the back of my mind, like you never know when or if or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I know for myself, if I did have go through what you went through, I probably would have called my clients too. I would have been like, dude, you know, I, I, when you told I can't, me that, I, I can't imagine like, that you wouldn't, I would be like, all right, all right. And then I'm like, uh, you know, okay, maybe I should call the ambulance or, you know, let me, let me get out, you know, bloodied out and just do this. But, you know, that's the, you know, that I think that's a level of what we talk about is, you know, we're, we're survivors. Right. And it's just like, let's just keep moving right like but there's a time where we have to humble ourselves and be like all right you know and this is it and 
you know, it's devastating. You know, I thought about this when I first got diagnosed. I'm like, what does this mean? Will I, have, will I not be able to drive, you know, after brain surgery? You know, if you have, you know, seizures, you can't drive, you know, it's by law, you know, you have to go, you know, for this, you know, a certain amount of period without being seizure free. But I love your, your fortitude and being like, you know, you didn't let it get, get you down. And you but I did. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there for a second, man. It's, it did get me down. And so they couldn't diagnose it as a seizure because I, I, I was one in a million. They said that that comes out of it like that. So they had no evidence. It was a seizure. I know it was a seizure. And so, but uh, that's why I got my license back here. Um, within four months is because they couldn't really diagnose me. None of the medical tests, they did every kind of test, heart, blood, um, you know, see if I was, uh, you know, not a wooden boy, but a real boy. I don't know, but they did everything to me. And, um, you know, I, I, I had times when I felt, you know, what is this? If, if, if you know, listen, big fella, if you're trying to teach me a lesson, I already learned my lesson. Stop throwing lessons at me. Okay. I get it. I really get it. it it's titanium here, but it even went through. I, I get it. And so, you know, it, it was again, uh, not this again. So, you know, I, I have, and still continue to have uh, those days where it's just like, man, really? And you don't feel, uh, you don't, you don't feel like you're a survivor. You feel, uh, you know, uh, a little bit taken advantage of by circumstances. And it's, it's up to you to figure out if you're going to stay there or not. And some of the ways that we stay there is not just getting there and, you know, that, that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak. It's, um, it, it's podcasts like this. It's uh, support, like in the support groups, it's just calling somebody, picking up the phone and saying, Hey, got a minute. I just want to, you know, talk something out with you. Yeah, you know, you're 100% correct. You know, like there's times where bootstraps doesn't work. And, you know, you know, and remember, I was, I think I was going through a hard time, probably a couple months ago. Um, I was just like, you know, I can't figure out if this is, you know, my brain, you know, I was a little hard on myself, I was trying to do something. And the only person I reached out to you, I, I yes. Facebook messaged you. I said, Rick, you know, and you got on a call and, and we talked for a bit and it meant a lot to me and I, I get it. And I know you get it. And, you know, there's times in your journey and, you know, for whoever's listening to this, that it, it's, it's hard. You can't do it, <clears throat> can't do it on our own and we need some support and help. Um, I found the, the, the social media groups, a great way to kind of put things out there for sure. But sometimes you need to hop on a zoom, hop on a phone call, kind of talk it out and, um, just, just be there. You know what I mean? It's not easy to go through it yourself. And, you know, <laughs> there's a stigma that goes around with it, you know, um, you know, asking for help, I'll do it myself. And, you know, asking for help is, is a sign of weakness. It's really a sign of strength. And um, it, it helps to talk it out. I mean, over the last 13 years, um, I mean, 13 years ago, I was still in ICU. I, I was in and hadn't even begun to walk again yet or to uh, learn how to drive and to, you know, take walks with my daughter and stuff like that. And uh, just be in my own house, in my own bed and my, you know, uh, on my own porch. And so, you know, my story is, is 
you know, specific to me, your story is specific to you, but it's kind of same circus, different tent. And so it's personal to you. So, um, and everybody is, is affected differently. Everybody is, you know, and, and I, I think what the, the beauty of it is too, is, you know, especially in some of the support groups, I'm in there daily, just, you know, and offering encouragement to people that are posting people that may need some support, um, it, it can be hard. And I remember when I called you, you said to me, um, you know, give yourself grace, give yourself a little bit of grace. Yeah. Give yourself a break, give your, give yourself a break, you know? And one of the things that I found, and I've talked to a bunch of survivors, I've interviewed them on the podcast is like, um, you know, you have a diagnosis, you go through treatment and say you have a good run, you know, say you're, you, you got some time under, right? No challenges or, you know, things are kind of status quo. I, I remember people sharing this where it's like people around them were a little bit like, okay, tired of hearing about what this is you know because they don't know how to deal with it some of our loved ones are the people's close to us and it's still there you know and sometimes we keep it inside because we don't want to keep talking about it the same stuff to other people have you heard of that or had that experience yeah i've experienced it and so um you know, first off, uh, you know, like give yourself some grace. Uh, somebody said that to me in reference to themselves. They said, maybe I should give myself a little bit of grace. I said, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I use a cane now to get around because uh, this seizure really, uh, it, it really kicked my ass. And so uh, I'm having a problem with balance now. And so I might go and do some outside physical therapy, outpatient physical therapy. I don't know. Uh, maybe I just need to go and cut the grass more. I don't know what that is. But, um, you know, uh, we, we shouldn't. I mean, everybody wants to damn people on the outside for saying, oh, you look good, you know, or you, you look OK. They don't know what to say. You know, don't say, well, you know, they're, they're insensitive. They don't know. Right. And so, you know, everybody's quick to go and say, well, I'm not OK and you don't understand and everything else. What the hell do you want them to do? Of course, they don't understand. I mean, they don't they don't have that type of uh, brain injury. And, you know, thankfully that they don't. And it really gets down to it affects you on the physical level. It affects you on the emotional level. It affects you on the cognitive level and it affects you even on the, the spiritual level. Some people get, uh, you know, they grab a hold of faith even tighter. Some people let it go altogether. And so it really is based on you. And it's about, uh, based on, uh, maybe some of your past experiences, role models, whatever it is, whatever makes you, you heredity. Right. And so, um, it's personal to everybody. And so all I do is really a lot of listening. It doesn't sound like from, I do a lot of listening for all the talking I'm doing here, but when somebody comes to me um, with something, there isn't very much, I don't have any words of wisdom. I'm not, you know, Rick Aristotle where I sit here and I give you like, you know, all this wisdom and lay down some, some really good stuff for you. I might give you a suggestion of maybe how to strategize on something, but I just listen because that's all people want to do is have a, a place, a platform to be heard, that they have a voice, that they feel safe, that, you know, uh, they're not alone in this. Yeah. And, you know, one, I have some mentors and, in my per, uh, professional life. And, um, you know, sometimes people just need some encouragement, you know, and 
And by you saying, and I'm going to reference this again, is by you saying, Todd, you know, maybe you should give yourself some grace, right? We need to be reminded of the, the simple things, right? Because we're in our head and me, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Um, you know, my surgery was about a year and a half ago and I'm, things are stable, knock on wood. Um, and life should be back to fine. And it's not. What it could have shoulda, right? <laughs> And so, you know, yeah, we have this kind of illusion, but you know, the, the whole thing about it is, is, um, you know, we, we still, even years afterwards, we, we still see some like new stuff that kind of comes up on our radar to we're like, wonder what's causing this, or this doesn't seem right or whatever. Should I talk to a doctor? Should I talk to my pharmacist? Should I engage in one of those medications where some of the side effects are uh, diarrhea, incontinence, um, you know, sleeplessness, death. And so when it comes down to it, right, I'd rather, <laughs> I, I just, I just feel that, you know, this platform and, and so many other ones for, for us to tell our stories is one thing. Um, for us to know that we're not alone is, uh, to me, it's the, the biggest delineating factor uh, between trying to go and tough it out yourself or um, moving from point A to point B as a business coach, right? Uh, and you're a, you're a health coach, right? So it's hard. People are in business, right? They're, they're very good at what they do. Say, I'm a good plumber, okay? Say, I'm Rick the plumber. And uh, nobody can go and snake a pipe like Rick. Rick is the best, right? And so uh, I leave my employer. I say, listen, um, you know, Todd, it was nice. I, I enjoyed working for Todd's uh, plumbing, but now I want to work for Rick's plumbing. I want to start my own business. And you're like, that's great. Uh, glad you have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I wish you a lot of luck. And I say, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to make a lot of money and do this. And I'm not there for juniors ball games because I'm uh, snaking pipes and I'm uh, doing my invoicing and my phone is ringing off the hook and uh, I have no time for myself and I'm wearing every single hat in my business. I'm wondering, why did I get into this, man? I'm just good at what I do. So I go back hat in hand and uh, go back to Todd and say, you know, this wasn't so easy. Uh, okay, if I come and work for you and Todd says, yeah, but I'm going to give you like $5 less an hour and uh, you know, no benefits and you're going to have to do my dry cleaning. Uh, and I say, okay, whatever it takes. And it's so hard. And so when people want to lose weight, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So they want to get healthier. They want to lose weight. They want to do all kinds of stuff, but they lose momentum. And so they don't need, somebody said to me the other day, I said, what can I do for you? Client said, I need a cheerleader. I said, dude, I said, honestly, swear, I don't have the legs to be a cheerleader. I said, that isn't what I do. I said, I'm a coach straight up. I said, I can help you with strategy. I said, but I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke. I said, what can I do to help you help yourself? Right. And that's really what it is. I can't help anybody. You can't help anybody. But it's how can I help you deal with what it is that you're dealing with, which is personal to you. It's about you. It's not about me. None of this. I could have, you know, I've got the pedigree to go and talk to people because I've been there and done that. But I haven't been where Todd is and done what he's done. And Todd hasn't been where Rick was. And, you know, where Mary or, you know, Kate or John or anybody else. It's personal to them. And uh, brain injury, brain tumors, all that. It affects our business. It affects our personal life. It affects our relationships. Uh, it affects sometimes our our will to live, our relationships with people, our children, things like that. And it's, it's, it could be a tough road to hoe, right? 
It sure can. It sure can. You know, and, and that was the first, one of the first things I thought about, like, you know, I get diagnosed. I'm like, what does this mean for my life? You know, it's a game changer. And I, you know, I support a lot of organizations now, you know, I, I I love research. I think there needs to be, you know, a, a spot for research, but I love organizations that help people that, Hey, you know what? You are a working guy like you and me, you, you know, you get this gut punch of a brain tumor or diagnosis or something like that. You can't work and you got kids and you've got a heat and you got to keep the lights on. Um, I love those that help those too, because those are some of the, the real life things that we face. The one thing you mentioned though, and I want your, just your personal, what was throughout your whole experience because you made a couple of references in our conversation the guy upstairs or you know what's your spiritual kind of connection through your journey did you have one did you get closer did you get far away what what was your experience i, I don't know if i got closer it might have been a little bit closer um you know it, it was kind of you know i had 12 years catholic school i still you know i, I believe in everything else but um, you know, we're, we're responsible for everything that happens to us, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, you know, uh, there is divine intervention and there's not divine intervention, right? Lord helps those that help themselves. And so, um, you know, uh, the, the, the higher power, whatever it is that you believe in, right? Whether it's uh, God or it's uh, you know, whatever you're, you know, it could be nature or whatever it is, right? It's not some magic genie that comes out of a bottle and stuff like that and just grants your wishes, right? Um, It's really up to us. It's free will, free environment, everything else. And we're really responsible for everything that happens to us. So um, it comes down to this. Uh, Nobody's going to save you except for you, right? And so, but you have to kind of put it out there that you need help. Uh, Some people try to take their own lives uh, doing this. And I'm I work and I, I volunteer my time with a, a veterans nonprofit. Um, one of the things I do is because uh, it's the least that I can do. I help them with their board. I help them square away with some, some different things business-wise for the nonprofit because um, they help veterans that um, are on the, on the edge that want to kill themselves. And uh, maybe they just have a hard time getting back to it. They've got some uh, PTSD. Uh, they've got some real issues. Maybe they uh, are homeless and, uh, they just need a meal or they just want to go through some kind of self-help things, maybe some like trauma yoga, support groups, things like that. So that's what this organization does. They're a fantastic organization. And so I help them with their board and everything else. And, you know, I never charge anything because and, and you know, it doesn't make me anything else except somebody that realizes that uh, this is an organization that saves lives. And so um, the very, very least I can do is to, you know, give some of my time and expertise and knowledge to uh, this organization to help them get bigger, better, stronger, faster, and smarter about how they help, uh, you know, people on kind of that cusp, that edge uh, of doing what it is. So, you know, just like, why do you have this podcast? Why Why do you do this podcast, Todd? I really do it to to help other people. So to get the word out, to if somebody could be inspired by what somebody shares on here and if it helps one person get through the day uh get through a scan get through life uh, and learn things you know just like you know i'm a big podcaster i listen to a lot of, of them and um there's a guy i listen to jocko willink he's a navy seal retired really sure. 
awesome books. Mm-hmm. And he said war, you know, at the beginning of his podcasts, he did a lot on, on war and he said, war is life amplified, you know, like you learn about life amplified super high. And I believe that some of the experiences we go through amplifies life, you know, cause we're at kind of, sometimes we're at a war internally or whatever. Um, we're, we're at a heightened sense of some, some trauma, some stress, some whatever. And I believe that there's lessons to be learned. And I also believe too, that was one of the things that this brain tumor taught me. Like I, I was shocked for sure. It was tough. There was a lot of mixed emotions, but the question I asked myself is like, what, what can I learn from this? Like what, and I, 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 I'm a spiritual guy. What is God showing me here? And he taught me that, you know, life isn't all about grinding out work and all those things that I, I did, you know, I do work and I do enjoy it and I do things, but there was some things that I was missing, you know, it, and it was, con- you know, more connection with people, more, you know, you know, being a, a male kind of, you know, breadwinner and this and all those things all came up for me. And that stuff, you know, when you get diagnosed or, you know, like, like we have, you know, I thought about all that stuff and I was like, oh my God. But I also thought about what am I here on this planet for? You know, that's, I, a, that, that's deep, man. That's heavy. And so, you know, I, it took me a while to get to that point. I, I'm not as squared off as you, but <laughs> I can tell you right now, um, you know, I, I, I'm starting to get kind of an idea why I'm here. Maybe it's that chessboard that, you know, uh, the universe has or God or whatever it is that you believe in and they move everybody and they're like, yeah, that idiot, Rick, you know, he's got a pretty big mouth and maybe, uh, you know, he's, uh, we can, we can go and have him go and, and, uh, you know, help somebody out. And so I, I don't know. I always had like a lot of survivor guilt. Um, you know, why is, is this little child being taken and, and I'm allowed to live. And, um, I don't have the answer to that, but all I can do is, is what I do. And, you know, the, the brain injury part of it is uh, it's so crazy because it's not the same for everybody. There is no one size fits all. Right. And so the best that we can be uh, is there for each other. And that's really the the bottom line. If there's any kind of tagline, it's, um, you know, just, just be there for, for somebody else and, you know, shut your mouth and listen. And that's really what it is because that's, that's my story good. is good. Your story is good. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a why that's fantastic and good on me and you and everybody else. But, you know, it's up to us. If somebody comes to me, did I sit there and go, well, you know, Todd, uh, during my brain tumor journey, if you want to hear it again, I'll tell you, you're like, no. And I said, so I said, it was May of 2009. It was a gorgeous day. I didn't do any of that nonsense. Right. I just shut my big fat mouth and I listened, right? And I didn't give you any kind of uh, advice. I just said, man, maybe just give yourself a break, right? And I think that's everything that we can do. Um, I, I want to read something that I've shared a, a couple of times, unless you have any other uh, questions. But um, it was written in 1996 by a woman named Stephanie St. Clair. I got it off of um, the internet. It was Brainline, and I've shared it many times. And it, it's it's called A Letter to Your Brain and how your brain is, is talking to you after you wake up from brain surgery, uh, no matter if it's a TBI, uh, ABI, 
so a traumatic brain injury, acquired brain injury, uh, brain injury, brain injury uh, from a tumor or car accident, a tree fell on you, um, you know, you hit yourself in the head with your own baseball bat, I don't know, but, um, you know, when you were swinging for the fences, but a brain injury uh, is, is very, very uh, invasive because the brain is, is such an amazing machine. That's the most complex uh, thing that we know of in the universe. And, you know, brain surgery uh, equals brain injury, right? And it just does. And it's location, location, location. And uh, anything that's in our head that's taking up space and it doesn't belong there, um, an uninvited guest, right, that's kind of subletting and it's not paying rent and we can't evict it um, or we do evict it and it leaves a mess. That's, that's the thing. So this is a, a letter to your brain. And again, Stephanie St. Clair copyrighted 1996. This is nothing I've written. I'm not clever enough to write anything like this, but it's just spot on. I feel that it's perfect. And so um, you've never read this before? No, no. So go so ahead. It's going to be new for you. And so <clears throat> again, this is a letter from your brain. Hello. I'm glad to see that you're awake. This is your brain talking. I had to find some way to communicate with you. I feel we barely survived World War III and I'm still not quite all in one piece. That's why I need you. I need you to take care of me. As time passes and you and I feel better and better, people, even doctors are gonna tell you that we're fine, that it's uh, quote unquote time to get on with life. That sounds good to me and probably even better to you. But before you go rushing back out into that big wide world, I need you to listen to me. I mean, really listen. Don't shut me out. Don't tune me out. When I'm getting into trouble, I need your help more than I ever have needed it before. I know that you want to believe that we're going to be the same, and I'll do my best to make that happen. The problem is, is that too many people in our situation get impatient and they try to rush the healing process. Or when their brains can't fully recover, they deny it. And instead of adapting, they force their brains to function in ways that they no longer are able to. Some people even push their brains until they seize or worse. I'm scared. I'm afraid that you're going to do that to me. If you don't accept me, I'm lost. We're both going to be lost. How can I tell you how much I need you now? I need you to accept me as I am today, not for what I used to be or what I might be in the future. So many people are so busy looking at their brains like what they used to do as if past accomplishments were some sort of a magical yardstick to measure present successes or failures. And they fail to see how far their brains have come. It's if there's shame or guilt in being injured. It's kind of silly, right? Please don't be embarrassed or feel guilt or shame because of me. We're okay. We've made it this far. If you work with me, we can make it even farther. I can't say how far. I won't make any kind of false promises to you. I can only promise you this, that I'm going to do my best. What I need you to do is this. Because neither of us knows how badly I've been hurt. Things are still a little foggy for me, right? Or how much I'm going to recover or how I'm gonna recover, please go slowly when you start going back and trying to resume your life. If I give you a headache or make you sick to your stomach or make you unusually irritable or confused or disoriented or afraid, or you feel like you're overdoing it, trying to get your attention the only way I know how to, just stop and listen to me. 
I get exhausted easily since being hurt and I cannot succeed when overworked. I wanna succeed as much as you do. I wanna be as well as I can, but I need you to do it at a different pace, a different pace than before we got hurt. Help me to help us by paying attention and heeding the messages that I send to you. I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna do my very best to get us back on our feet. I am a little worried though, that if I'm not exactly the same, you're gonna reject me. You may even wanna kill me and you. Other people have wanted to kill their brains. Some people have even succeeded. I don't wanna die and uh, I really don't want you to die. I want us to live, to breathe and to be, even if being is not the same that it was. Different may be better maybe harder too, but I don't want you to give up. Don't give up on me and don't give up on yourself. Our time here isn't through yet. There are things I wanna do and I wanna try, even if trying has to be done in a different way. It isn't easy. I have to work very hard, so much harder than I did before. I see people scoff and I see people misunderstand. I don't care. What I do care about is that you understand how hard I'm working and how much I want us to be as good as we can be. But I need you to take care of us as well as you can do that. Don't be ashamed of me. We're alive. We're still here. I want the chance to try to show you what we're made of. I want to show you that the things that are really important in life are worth doing. We've been given another chance to get better, to learn what's really important. When it's time for our final exit, I'd like to look back and feel good about what we've made out of ourselves and out of everything that made us and make life life, including being injured. I can't do it without you. I can't do it if you hate me, hate us for being injured. Please try not to be bitter in grief because that would crush me. Please don't reject me. There's little I can do without you, without your determination not to give up. Take good care of us and yourself. I need you very much especially now. Love, your injured brain. 1996, copyrighted, Stephanie St. Clair. This always gets me. This is always really powerful, and I read it when I'm not feeling so great about myself. But replay this as many times as you need to on this podcast and just kind of let that sink in. Um, it, it's easily accessible and, and you can contact Todd or, you know, I'll send it to Todd and make sure that he gets it to you and he'll make sure that he gets it to you. Um, we'll, put it, we'll put it in the show notes. That was. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, powerful, 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 because it, it's hard, man. Your, 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 uh, your brain is like mush, man. And, and I always consider myself to be really sharp. Uh, I had a lot of, uh, great vocabulary, great uh, speaking and presenting skills, and um, that got compromised. So then I built it back up. Then I had the seizure four months ago, and I was invited to do some speaking engagements and things like that. And I stepped away from it, not because I was scared. It was because I was not as good as I could be. And so I didn't want to do that to the people that I was presenting to. They needed, um, they needed to see me at 100%, not just 
me because I was asked to speak and to kind of stumble and things like that over my words and everything else. And so, and I didn't have aphasia or anything else because of this, but I just, I need to get squared away. Right. And again, this was, this was a thing for me. What does that mean to you? Well, uh, it, it, I don't know how it could mean anything. Even if you've experienced it, it's personal to me. Right. And what you go through is personal to you. What this letter to your brain says is that um, it's really personal to them. People are going to look, they're not going to understand. They're going to scoff. You're going to think that you're going to have to go and, you know, be who you were before uh, the brain got injured. It isn't happening. You can get to a certain point, right? And the brain always continues to heal itself, but you're going to be different, right? And it's up to you whether it teaches you that lesson or not. And that's really what it comes out to, to be. Maybe again, your faith is stronger. Maybe just let it go all, all together. That's a personal decision, and I'm not going to damn anybody if they do or don't. Um, that's that's on them. Uh, the biggest thing we can do for everybody is to be present. The, the biggest thing as a business coach, I asked one of my clients, and they've been a construction company for a long time, and I coach a lot of people in the trades. I said, what's the biggest value? I said this yesterday morning. What's the biggest value that um, I, I bring to the table? And they went through a couple of different things, you know, strategy and all this, and uh uh, he said, when I call you, pick up the phone. I said, when I call you, when you call me, I pick up the phone. And if I can't pick up the phone, then I'll call you right back. I'm there for you, right? I got your back. And that's really what it is. So you've got somebody to kind of lean on a little bit. I'm not an expert in the construction industry. In fact, I'm not allowed to touch anything construction wise, electric wise, plumbing wise, or otherwise in my house. And we've owned it for 32 years and I'm just not good at it. I'm a lover, man, not a fighter when it comes to that. So I, I just, I'll call an expert, right? I'm not, I'm not able, I cut down uh, every tree that there was here that I would cut down to make, you know, and I, I have trees and everything around us. Um, I don't do that anymore. If a big limb falls, then I'll cut it. I'll take the chainsaw out and do it. But I'm not taking down full trees anymore. Those days are gone for me. And that's, I, I got to accept that. And it's hard, right? I can't, I can't hang Christmas lights up until uh, I got my license back this afternoon. Yesterday, my wife's driving me around. It's humbling, but I appreciate her like you can't even believe. I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's my person. And she proves it to me every day that I'm her person. And so um, and things aren't always easy right? Because I can be very, very frustrating uh, to be around at times. But um, again, I, I can't lean on my brain is injured and things like that. I've got to try to do, uh, understand it. And if I'm having a real bad day, talk to somebody. When you had a bad day or you were having kind of a, a, a tough time of it, you were having a bad run of it, you called somebody and, you know, I'm very humbled that it was me. So that's really what it kind of comes down to. And, and, you know, I, like you just said a little while ago, play the, play that over and over again, if you need to hear it, because I'll tell you when I just heard that it, it touched me because there's, there's days that, you know, uh, I get frustrated and there's days I'm sure you get frustrated, but the one, the one thing I started to do is celebrate the success like you were saying something like, I forget names. I'll for, I'll, you know, I have this, you know, and I call it my brain, but then I'll get something. I'm like, oh my God, it came right to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The little wins too, you know, we often yeah. beat our brain up, right? That's what the, the brain, the letter to the brain is, is, be, you know, be kind, be gentle to me, understand. Right. Um, and, but 
celebrate the success with the brain too. You know, there are, there are successes. And one of the things I wanted to share with you, you know, as, as a fellow coach, right. When I was first diagnosed, um, I sat with it for a few days before I let social media know. Right. And I couldn't put into words how I was feeling type-wise or writing-wise, but I could share it. A good friend of mine who does a lot with social media, we were on the phones, really good coach, good friend of mine. I said, listen, help me out. Help me put this together. And when I posted that, I felt, I was like, okay, you know, I shared it. And the resounding people that came and supported like that my clients, right? I felt like it was a living eulogy. And I was like, I didn't realize I impacted people that way. And you don't have to be a coach to impact people. But what that brought forth to me was that, you know, I'm here and I think we're all here as human beings to help each other. And, um, and that really came true. Like, am I doing you know, I kind of call it God's work, like here, you know, to do that, that work. And just like when you had your seizure, right, Rick, you're calling your clients, you're not calling the ambulance. <laughs> right? Like, but that I, I think there, there's some similarities in, in what we're, we're here to do. And the one thing, and I don't want this to go too long. The one thing I want to want to, you know, that I'm blessed with is the group that on social media brain tumor talk. <laughs> and I just want you to share a little bit about, you know, the growth of the group is, is just astronomical, which, which is, is a shame that so many people have to be there that they, you know, that, that, you know, there, there has to be a group like that. You know what I mean? But it, it's so helpful for people and just share a little bit about what inspired you and on that. And, and yeah. just a little bit about that. Cause I, I want people to know that there's a place to go to. It's pretty yeah. simple. So, I mean, you know, you, you were talking about social media, how to present it. I wasn't on social media 13 years ago. I, I could have cared less about social media. And uh, so I just wasn't on it. And um, I wanted to connect with other brain tumor survivors. My support was incredible. It was immense, um, but I still felt so, in, you know, incredibly alone. And so um, I wanted to connect with other people that kind of went through something similar like I did. So I created a group. Uh, I went on to a couple of them on Facebook and they were great. Um, and then I decided I want to start my own group just to connect and, you know, uh, have people have that kind of a platform, that voice, that, uh, that feeling of not being alone, right. That, you know, they're surrounded by people that get it and, um, you know, it's grown and it's unfortunate that, you know, I'm glad that it's there and, and, you know, founding it was, you know, one of the, the best things that I think that, um, I could have done, uh, you know, since that happened, but it isn't about me and, and it could have five people or the almost what 15,000 that it does now. And I'm going on it every day and kind of monitor, but you know, everybody supports each other. I don't have to interact on that group very much at all. I take a look at the posts and we monitor it and make sure everybody is, you know, abiding by, you know, the rules of conduct and everything else. And everybody's being respectful to everybody. But, um, 
really, it's just a platform. And, you know, I get uh, so much inspiration, but I realize that I'm not alone. And this isn't really, uh, none of this is about me. And uh, I just feel good. Um, not even proud, just good that I, uh, you know, was able to go and uh, use something that was there to give everybody a platform of voice and, you know, that they could be heard and, you know, so that they could feel safer and, you know, uh, that they could do it without being judged. That's all. There's, it's really, it's as simple and as complicated as, as all that is. And so, um, you know, it's there for anybody that, that wants to, to uh, engage in it. It's brain tumor talk, just, you know, answer the questions and you're in, you know, there's three check questions. I make sure that everybody who's in there really, uh, you know, should be in there. And it's for family, friends, you don't have to have a brain tumor to be in there. Um, one of my friends is running for state representative. And so I've known her since high school. And uh, I just saw her a couple of weeks ago. And she's a she's a member since 2009, December 2009, and, you know, supports and everything else. And uh, it's just a good feeling, uh, you know, to have people that are around you if you have, uh, you know, family members that you want in there to get some support. I mean, uh, caregivers, uh, they have the, the toughest job, not us that goes through it. It's the caregivers that really do the heavy lifting. They're the MVPs. They're the heroes, right? We're, they we're, are. And I just, did, do what we do. I just did a podcast recently on parents uh, to, you know, to parents of a, a young girl that had a brain tumor as a young girl and through mm. her time. And I, I thought that was super powerful, you know, um, you know, just to really help support that that angle you know you're right you know it's the caregivers it's you know we don't think about the people around us that care about us that what they're going through too so yeah and that's important to keep them in there I mean I did a radio show as you know for like four and a half years so I had like nine seasons uh, that I did and I had people from all over the world and uh, the one interview that uh, you know sticks with me is um, these parents that lost their son, he was 10 years old to, a uh, brain cancer. And, uh, he died in Germany. He, um, they, they flew to Germany for some sort of, um, uh, experimental trial that was going on there. And he perished, um, you know, uh, before they could even fly home, he, uh, uh, he, he, uh, he, he passed away and, um, just the parents on there. And, uh, it was on college radio. I worked at a college and, um, you know, I was at that time I was doing the interview in in the interview room and I had um, a couple students running the board for me where I usually ran the board myself and did the interview myself. But this one was was a little different and uh, other students were there. They really rallied around the cause, I even did Relay for Life for, uh, you know, with brain tumors in mind. And um, the parents just broke down and cried. And so we took a break and um the, the students, there was had to be probably a dozen students that were in the studio and, and in the station at the time. And they were like, this is this is just such a, the most moving thing uh, of our college careers that they've seen. And, um, you know, we picked it up and just the the, the bravery and the courage of, of the parents to share their story, um, you know, of their son. And he just <laughs> he just would have graduated high school um, a couple of days ago. So uh, they had the parents there and they had an empty seat for him and everything else. And it was just one of those moments he would have graduated high school. And, um, you know, I, I can't even imagine, but it's a good place uh, also where people that have lost children um, to do that. And I've just, uh, I've made so many incredible uh, relationships with so many of, of these people. And, 
I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, uh, you know, what happened to me because I, I wouldn't be uh, the person I am without being in, in contact with them and you and everybody else. And so it's just kind of the way it is. But um, that's all I have to say about anything today before we get too caught in the, in the tall grass with anything, right? There we go, Rick. It, I appreciate you coming back on for a second round. And that, you know, letter to the brain is super powerful. We'll make sure we get the link in the show notes. We'll post it wherever I can on this because I think sure. it's super powerful. And I so appreciate you bringing that here today, bringing you here and sharing your experience and, and helping others. Absolutely. So. Happy Father's Day, man. Happy Father's Day to you. We're, as we're recording this, it is the 18th of June of 2022, and tomorrow will be Father's Day. So um, anyway, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, and Rick, I so appreciate you coming on.